Hello, everyone, and welcome to the American Ninja Warrior Hap Up Podcast. I'm your host, Taryn Armstrong, and with me today is Lita. How you doing, Lita? I'm good. I'm worse now that I know that Taryn almost saw Ocean's 8 and didn't. And this is still an Ocean's 8 official fan podcast, so I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I thought about, I thought about going to see it today, but uh, duty called, and I needed to record this podcast. Yeah, so everybody better appreciate it. Yes, uh, getting getting the podcast out in a timely fashion is very important to me. Yeah, as we've definitely repeatedly proven with all yes. of our coverage through the years. <laughs> the most punctual podcast. Absolutely, which is why the Ninja versus Ninja <laughs> uh, final podcast is coming soon. Um, we just have so many thoughts. It's been taking us many sessions to record it. I mean, I've got like three hours of it to watch is the problem. <laughs> you don't have to tell them that you don't even watch the show when you don't have to. <laughs> I, I, I'm looking forward to watching it, but with uh, with Big Brother 20 and then it's really, you know, when American Ninja Warrior, when it's two hours of American Ninja Warrior proper every week, it's like, you know, it was, uh, it was a lot. Yeah, this is a huge television week, huge reality television week, because The Bachelor is also two hours. We've got the RuPaul's Drag Race finale, which I know Taryn is just so excited about. Both of those well, things. I, I'm assuming that the next season starts uh, in two weeks. So, but like probably the the next cast has already been leaked. There's another All Stars, even though we just had All Stars. It's oh it's my. a whole mess. It's like the opposite problem of Big Brother. Yeah, maybe it'll just be all of the All Stars that you've wanted on Big Brother are now drag queens, and that's why they can't <laughs> do it. We're here to talk about episode five of American Ninja Warrior season 10. We are in Philadelphia for the qualifying round. And uh, this is a pretty good episode. Yeah. And I am officially sold on the fact that the only reason that they no longer do this in Pittsburgh, it has been confirmed, is because there needs to be a mascot and a cheerleader at all of these <laughs> events. They always have the NFL mascot and the NFL cheerleaders. Yes, they had the cheerleaders in their mascot swoop. The eagle. Yeah. Which I felt like is a more appropriate name for a basketball mascot. Uh, why? Why? Swoop sounds more basketball-y to me. Are you thinking of Swish? It's just a similar kind of thing. Swoop. Well, Swoop, he's an eagle. He swoops. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel you. This was a what, what football player swoops? Um, well, the eagle does. He's an eagle. He, what football player swoops? But that's not the point. <laughs> the point is that he's an eagle. It doesn't matter if the football players do it. He does the, it. Wh the, what does an eagle have to do with football? It's the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> I feel like my point still stands. <laughs> the name of the team. Also, this was a good year for them to have an entire episode sponsored by the Philadelphia Board of Tourism because uh, this is the one year that I don't feel negatively about Philadelphia sports. Generally, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, huge rivalry. My dad's from there. It's like a house divided thing. Um, I normally hate them, but they beat the Patriots this year. So I was actually rooting for the Eagles in the Super Bowl. So I feel fine about this this year. Wow. Uh, see, I, I'm surprised to hear that this episode is sponsored by the Board of Tour Tourist People uh, because I was pretty sure it was sponsored only by Gino's cheesesteaks. Yeah, that might have been true. But Najee's whole package was like, here are all of the cool things about Philadelphia, including the area where the Declaration of Independence was signed. And I was like, that can't be the official name for this building. 
Yeah, and he pretty started off with, man, these cheesesteaks from Gino's are delicious. They had Gino's at the uh, taping, um, which they cut to multiple times. Was this better? Um, so if you were at one of these tapings, would you rather have the free pizza or the free cheesesteaks? Well... I'm assuming that you could get as many free cheese or not. Sorry, free cheese. I'm assuming you could buy as many cheesesteaks as you wanted at Gino Gino's, mm -hmm. whereas you got maybe like one slice of cold free pizza from from the Pizza Ninja. So I, I would go with the cheesesteaks, even though you like pizza better as a food. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The cheesesteaks are, um, you know, it's not kosher, so I can't <laughs> I can't co-sign. <laughs> Neither is pizza, right? Pizza's kosher, as long as there's not oh, uh, meat on it. Oh, oh, well, who does that? <laughs> I don't know. Crazy people. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the combination of meat and cheese. I've never actually had a real cheesesteak. I've had a vegan cheesesteak. So the combination of meat and cheese is specifically the anti-kosher part of it? Yeah, you can't have meat and dairy in the same meal. So what's the point of life? Like... Well, it's I like don't eat either of those of things, things in any meal. <laughs> well, sure. But even like just plain meat or plain cheese, uh, like it's fine. Like you can choose to not eat. That's fine. But the combination of the two is, is heavenly. Um, well, most Jews don't know what we're missing, I guess. Uh, that was the, the case with me. Um, also, some of us never liked cheese, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, it, I, I don't know. The, the cheesesteak thing um, was always lost on me. They look, they look not great. Yeah, I've never been the biggest fan <laughs> of cheesesteaks, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> after, after all this conversation about it being heavenly. I'm not, I'm not a huge steak person. No? No. That's, I, like, if I'm going to eat meat, I'd rather eat uh, stuff that's not steak. Like? Like chicken or beef. Those are great examples of things that aren't steak, except beef is a terrible example of something that's not steak. It's very different. Steak and beef isn't steak beef. It's 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 like a version of it. OK, a different cut of it. All right. Well, I have no idea how any of this works. It's all the same animal. Sure. But it's very I'm, I'm just saying this is it's it's too it's too chewy steak. OK, I will take your word for it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yes, we are here in Philadelphia. We have, uh, some new obstacles. Uh, we have the floating steps as always. Then we have the spinning bow ties. Um, they did not look like bow ties to me. Yes, they did. They were, they looked exactly like bow ties. How could they have looked more like bow ties? I, I don't, I didn't even, like, maybe, maybe half of a bow tie. No, it was two triangles connected at the points. That's what a bow tie is. I did not see I did not see bow tie in this obstacle. Um, they were bow ties. If you say so. Uh, <laughs> I promise. So the only thing not bow tie like about them was that they were kind of like rounded on either side. So it was more like a fan blade like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fan blade. I can see that. OK, but like it's it was distinctly bow tie shaped. Well, okay, so according to Lita, this obstacle is uh, there's a handle on the corner of the bow tie and you have to then swing the bow tie uh, and get enough momentum to jump to the next handle on the next bow tie and then uh, then dismount. Bow tie, uh, best shape of pasta. Mm. Yeah, it is. Mm. You're not even making counter argument because you know that farfalle is lit. Uh, fettuccine, though. No, 
pet fettuccine isn't even the worst is, isn't even the best kind of long pasta oh, oh don't tell me you're an angel no hair. spaghetti ah, spaghetti's boring it's fine, but it's boring. Fettuccine's better. Okay, I'm just saying uh, bow ties are the best. They hold sauce well. No, they, they, it's that bit in the middle mm-hmm. of the bow tie. It's no good. It's too thick. Yeah, but it's nice because you have some variety in the bite where the ends are kind of thinner than, than the middle, and so you have some bite variety. It's, mm. it's lovely, and so I support all bow tie content on American Enjoyer. <laughs> Well, uh, then after the spinning bow ties, we get the broken bridge, which is uh, a a staple uh, balance obstacle. There's just a bunch of boards hanging um, by some kind of hanging device, uh, and you have to run over the tops of them, and they will uh, go all over the place as you do so. But you you get across, and then you take on the wing nuts, and these are not the difficult wing nuts from stage two in Vegas last year these are the regular uh wing nuts you just three of them the, you talk about them like how they talk about like oh the little warped wall or whatever as if it's so easy like these aren't the exactly. hard wing nuts these are the easy wing nuts that a baby could do yeah basically <laughs> they're still how very many hard did we see fail here not many they're still very hard we saw <laughs> we saw a lot of people fall i feel like most of them were in the montages though Eh, all right. Um, so uh, you just uh, you have to swing across horizontally across three of these wing nuts. Um, these could have been could have been the uh, bow tie wing nuts. No, they couldn't have. All they need to do is shape them into bow ties. Oh yeah, they could have been. I thought you meant they could have called it that. That would have been That's inaccurate. Not, I just feel like that shape is a lot more appropriate for this obstacle than the, than the spinning bow ties. Um, yeah, you know what? I can't argue with that. Um, my only argument is that the spinning bow ties were, in fact, bow tie shaped. <laughs> I'm not saying that they needed to be that way. I'm just saying that they objectively were. All right. Then we get uh, the lightning bolts, which uh, I'm sure Lita will tell me were shaped exactly <laughs> like lightning no, bolts. No, this one I didn't understand. Uh, they really just wanted the puns for this one, I think. Yeah, like shocking exit or whatever. Great obstacle. Yeah. Um, not an apt name. So basically, for this obstacle, you take a, a bar, and it's a, just a free standing bar. Uh, it's not attached to any part of the obstacle. You have to take it with you the entire way through. Um, and you start um, on this sort of, uh, yeah, what would you like, this, this platformy kind of thing that's angled, and you have to uh, hop the bar over the midpoint of it, there's an axle in the middle, and then on the other side, there's uh, another catch that the bar will go into. And when you hop over to that other side, then the uh, the two platform tracks that the bar goes on will tilt over to the other side, but they move independently. So you need to get both sides of the bar in the little uh, hook catch part of the platform in order to successfully make the transition. Then you go and you hop to the next one and there's three of them and then you dismount. Yeah, the hops are akin to like the the flying monkey bars where there's like those cradles. Um, That part is basically exactly the same as that. But then there's this like over and around aspect to it once you get to them yes uh so then we have the warped wall and the mega wall yes and you run up them you do 
so first up, we had Jason Avant, the 35 year old former NFL receiver. Uh, and this is when they brought out the cheerleaders and, and swoop. Yes. And this is also when they bring up that he went to the University of Michigan and knows pressure because he played football for 100,000 fans at the big house, which I would like to say is underselling the big house because we can fit 120,000 fans. Well, yeah, it's the biggest football stadium in the country. You really just you really don't like people rounding numbers out to be nice round numbers. I'm just saying every football game I went to had at least 110,000 fans there because they always give you the I'm sure you counted. No, they give you the number count on the scoreboard because it's like this is like the millionth consecutive game that we've had over 110,000 fans at the big house. All right. Uh, So he he's a football dude. He trained with Najee. Yes, he did. And uh, Akbar sees him as he gets through the broken bridge. Well, that's a good sign. He's also it is a, it's a very good sign. He's two hundred and seven pounds, which to me signals that he is not going to do very well on some of these obstacles. And he actually pleasantly surprised me. He did fine. Yes, his grip strength goes out at the third wingnut, so he almost gets through it. Yeah, that is just so like you have to be so strong to like catch that amount of weight on something like the wingnuts. Yes, and uh, he did not have great technique on it, so he was very much catching hard on those wing nuts. Yeah, but the fact that he got through most of it, very impressive. Yeah. Next up was Stuart Warshower, the 37-year-old middle school principal. And he uh, he helped improve his school. The, the children love him. And I, I'm always, always skeptical when <laughs> people are talking about, oh, all the children love their teacher slash principal slash who like how many kids actually love their. You mean like there's a group of goody two shoes kids that love their principal, uh, but the rest of them are probably like, no, I just go to school because I'm forced to be here and I hate it. I have no idea what a normal child's relationship is with their principal, because my principal as I'm sure I've talked about before, was one of the dance moms on Dance Moms. Um, and so, different experience. As, does that mean that, that people did love her? No. <laughs> no, I was, it was actually, she started um, on that, like, when I was almost done uh, with m- middle school. Um, so she wasn't my principal anymore because we had a different principal for high school. Um, but she was crazy because she, it, it was... I mean, she's was someone who would be a reality star and subject her child to being a reality star in this insane, this notoriously insane dance school in Pittsburgh, which is what it is. It's like this torture school where the dance teacher now is in prison, um, although she might have just gotten out like that show was a mess. And so my middle school principal was the kind of woman who would do that show and be the star of it with like her seven year old daughter. So uh, she was crazy. I don't know how most people feel about their principals. Wow. I don't think I ever spoke to any of my principals at any school that I was ever. You never in. got sent to the principal? Um, I, I, I like might have spoken to like the vice principal. Oh, uh, we didn't have one at of those. some point. Um, because like that guy was like the enforcer, but I don't think I was ever sent to like the principal's office or anything like that. Just I don't know how many people. I don't know. I guess I guess some people did. But uh, it, it was not like a huge part of the school. Call. And even the vice principal was like, he's just a dude that would walk around and be like, hey, um, 
He sounds really like, cool. He 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 was like a younger, good-looking guy, and so like there were girls that liked him, but uh, but other than that, it was like like nobody has a relationship with the principal and or vice principal in my in my experience. Yeah, I had her. I was sent to the principal once in high school, uh, but she had the year before she had been my English teacher and got promoted, so it was like a weird thing where it's like I like you, like we had a good rapport because everybody likes their English teacher. Well, not everybody. I'm just saying, like, if if there's like a classic, like, cool teacher, they teach English. Yeah. Uh, but like, I mean, it, even like even like the cool teachers, like there were like uh, it was less than half of the kids who were <laughs> like, and, and like to be I was one of them that like uh, I, I was like cool with the cool teacher. Uh, but like the cool, the actual cool kids were like they couldn't care less. Right. Yeah. Well, so we're skeptical of you, Stuart Warshower. Yeah. <laughs> we don't believe you. <laughs> He's very you handsome. Shower in wars. <laughs> Rude. He's, he is very handsome, though, so that he probably takes, helps. Uh, he ends up taking a bath on the bow ties, so uh, not not quite taking a shower. No. Oh, well, yeah. Why didn't they say that? I don't know. <laughs> they could have said, like, the shower gets wet or something. Look, uh, all I can do is is offer as much advice as I can to these uh, these announcers. They're they're a little green on 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 this sort of thing. <laughs> and to call BS on the, all these teachers that say their kids like them. There really were so many teachers tonight. So many like yeah. educators. I, I, I believe I believe Alyssa like uh, fifth grade uh, teacher like you can at fifth grade you can have all your kids like you especially when you're super cool and you're a rock yeah star. and like you you're doing handstands for 10 year olds like yeah, yeah flexing her muscles I would love Alyssa if she was my teacher uh next uh we we'd got the Gino's cheesesteaks ad um which was weird uh then we had a montage um first was ian nance the police officer who couldn't get into the swing of things and was taken down by the bow ties oh, boo-hoo. then alexa marsigliano marsigliano uh who calls herself a warrior princess but her adventure ended on the wingnuts yeah I feel like it said too that she was like from Philadelphia or somewhere on the East Coast, but she was a stunt woman. I wonder how you make that work. Maybe for TV shows that are filmed in Philadelphia, the, the New England area. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's a lot of New York stuff going on. Um, then uh, Eric Totten, who lost sixty pounds during his ninja training over the last year, but he lost his balance on the broken bridge. Losing sixty pounds in a year is insane next up was paul ruggeri ruggeri the third who is a gymnast <laughs> okay you always ask me like i'm gonna know well sometimes you know things like he he was a uh, he's a famous gymnast who just missed out on going to the recent olympics oh yeah well i'm a huge gymnastics head so yeah. you're right i should know that um there's a store um literally like on the corner of my street called ruggeri's i wonder if he is related to them Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, he ends up falling at the broken bridge, but grabs that final board and just like clings onto it and manages to flip himself over uh, and uh, complete the obstacle. Yeah, the broken bridge is so fun because there are some of these balance obstacles that if you slip, you're just out. There's nothing you can do. But uh, broken bridge has some fun, like people clinging on for dear life. Yes, this this was great. Um, 
He does then immediately go down on the lightning bolts um, by, uh, you know, getting the, the bar um, uneven. Uh, but he will qualify uh, toward the bottom of the uh, leaderboard here. Um, so good that he made it through the broken bridge. Yeah, good for him. Yes. Uh, next was Helen Lynn, the 33 year old sales director who is an ice swimmer. This is crazy. That's what she said. She said, a lot of people think I'm insane. Yeah, but I why? Why do it? Can this possibly be good for you? It's because it, look, clearly this is her entire identity is that she does something that people think is crazy. And, that and she's really happy. Very, yeah. Well, yeah. she's very happy doing things, making people think she's crazy. She yeah. And this is not just like the polar bear plunge thing. Like she has swum and she has swum an ice mile, which is swimming a mile in water below 41 degrees. I mean, I personally uh, have no issue with weird or whatever kinds of, you know, uh, hobbies that you want to have or uh, or activities that you want to do. Um, I, I, I just I have an issue when people are like, oh, you might you may think I'm crazy, but it's actually <laughs> the coolest thing in the world. Let me tell you all about like, uh, no, you, you do what you want to do. I'm not going to judge you for it. I just feel like it was not explained to me what is appealing about this like why she likes it i would i would like an explanation of that and also to know if this is good for you it's probably not good for you yeah that's what i'm thinking like i would understand if this was something that's like swimming an ice mile like it's just like an unbelievable cardiovascular conditioning mechanism that you can't get any other way which like maybe it is i just don't know but it feels like if i had to pick good for you bad for you this feels bad for you well, like cl climbing uh you know dangerous mountains is not good for you but people do that all the time and people don't often question that yeah i question that um <laughs> It's also, like, you know, you like to challenge yourself. I feel like, you know, you just do. And part of it is is the idea that like, oh, you know, I want to I want to do something that uh, it, it challenges my 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 mental capabilities, my physical capabilities. It's just, uh, you know, don't brag about it. <laughs> um, I think she can brag about whatever she wants. I just don't understand this. Um, running marathons is also not good for you. Public yeah. service announcement. Um I think people think that it is. It's not. No, there are diminishing not. returns on running. Running is great for you. Running 26 miles is just worse for your knees than it could ever be for your overall health. Yeah. Well, I mean, like if if the option is no activity versus marathon, right. it's good for you. But if the choice is like uh, run you know, five or 10 miles interval training for, or something versus yeah. a marathon, then yeah. Yeah. You don't um, need to run 26. <laughs> So uh, she ends up falling here on the broken bridge and then swims in the water because that's her whole identity. Yeah, that's her thing. Yeah. Um, and then they're they're teasing something. Something happened to Chris. I was not happy about this. I was like, what happened to Chris? Why? why what, what is this that they're teasing? Yeah, I also, for some reason, really thought Chris competed last year and just went out and qualifying. I just didn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Brian made it to Vegas and then went out on like the first obstacle. Yes. Um, but yeah, for some reason, I thought that Chris just messed up last year. I was very, very concerned for my guy here. Um, then they tell us about Akbar throwing the first pitch at the Phillies home game and, uh, he ends up throwing it straight down into the ground. Yeah. I don't understand this. Akbar was a professional football player. It seems like he should at least be able to translate throwing a football into throwing a baseball 
like under <laughs> no duress of any kind, just in a straight line. I've I've thrown my fair share of baseballs. I don't think I've ever thrown them straight into the ground, <laughs> yeah. even as a small child. I, I would like to take this opportunity to tell everyone to Google Mariah Carey throwing out the first pitch at a baseball game because it's hilarious and classic. Um, and I feel like maybe Akbar was just paying tribute to that. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Maybe the nerves got to him. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, so then we get uh, um, um, a quick montage here. James Bartholomew uh, parodies Akbar's uh, failed pitch um, and nearly clears the lightning bolts. Yeah, I, I don't get he but he does a good job pitching. Well, no, he threw it straight down, didn't he? No, he threw it to someone and they caught it. I thought he threw it on the oh, ground. Maybe not. Maybe it bounced and somebody caught it. Oh, no. I'm thinking of Akbar throwing Alyssa the apple. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I knew there was, there was a pitch in there. I just wrote my notes. I just James Bartholomew also throws a pitch. So <laughs> I was trying to remember. No, you're right. Well, uh, James Bartholomew will advance to the city finals. Um, then we have McKinley Pierce, who calls herself the Lady Might, Mighty Mouse, I believe. Yeah, it's it's too long. Lady yeah. Mighty Mouse is too long. You, you, I, I feel like Mighty Mouse is fine, right? Yeah, but Mighty Mouse is a boy. The character. We're subverting uh, expectations here. We, we can uh, we can make it a, a female character. Um, I guess I just feel like it would be confusing if someone was like, if a woman came out and was like, "I'm Batman." <laughs> I don't know. What I feel like Jesse. Uh, Jesse could pull it off. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I think it would be weird if she called herself like Batman Ninja. Though. <laughs> Actually, I love that. That's great. Right? I need a woman to come out here and just have the word man in their name. <laughs> um, uh, or, I mean, if you, if you don't want to do Mighty Mouse, just do Lady Mouse or something. Right? Yeah. I think the Mighty is important, though, because she's small but mighty. Mighty Lady. Lady Mighty. mighty. Lady. I don't know. Lady Mighty. <laughs> Maybe she's a big fan of the cartoon, but she should have worn mouse ears. Uh, yeah, well, she ends up going down on the wing nuts, uh, but she will also manage to qualify in the fifth spot for the women. Yeah, tough, tough field if you are a woman who didn't finish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then we had Marcos Colin Papatera, uh, who was a cheerleader and had an awkward landing on the bow ties uh, when Akbar says, oh, right on his goody goods. <laughs> He's a cheerleader for the University of Maryland, home of Survivor Maryland, and he brought some Terrapin cheerleaders with him. Did he compete in Survivor Maryland? Uh, not that I'm aware of, but I did mean to look him up on Facebook and see if I have any mutual friends with him because I know a ton of people that go to Maryland. Yeah, well, if he had, then uh, hopefully they would have uh, given it a plug. <laughs> they would have brought it up. He's a cheerleader slash Survivor Maryland contestant on uh, Survivor Maryland. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, next was Chad Riddle, uh, a 28-year-old kindergarten teacher. Um, and uh, he talked about how his parents were not able to watch him the last time he competed four years ago. Uh, and he hasn't had another chance to compete until now. And so his parents are going to be here to, uh, or his mom at least, is going to be here to watch him uh, compete this time. He also has major kindergarten teacher voice. Yes. He and also, like, was on the verge of tears for the entire package. Literally the entire time and like on the course and everything. Right. Yeah, I could I could never date 
someone who works with children because you can always tell because they just like have that voice on like all the time, like the way that I talk to my cat. And it's just like, it's terrible. I did recently watch the Mr. Rogers documentary, uh, mm-hmm. Won't You Be My Neighbor? And uh, he he definitely, uh, I mean, he knows he knows how to talk to children, but uh, I, I feel like you probably wouldn't have been able to date Mr. Rogers. No, I, I could have. I've met Mr. Rogers, but um, I could have. <laughs> I met him when I was I like could have. five. I yeah. met Mr. Rogers as a child. And uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, I feel like I had a shot there. I, yeah, there were sparks. No, I uh, I didn't believe it was him because he was wearing glasses. Oh, my. He lived in my neighborhood and I, I met him um, one time and my mom was like, that's Mr. Rogers. And he was like trying to be really nice to me and say hello. And I was like, that's not Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers doesn't wear glasses. Duh. Yes, Lita Lita was actually one of Mr. Rogers' neighbors. Yes, yes. I lived in, I still live in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood in Pittsburgh. There you go. Uh, so, um, he, uh, like, it's, it's not, it's not weird for somebody to cry during their package. It's just, it's a little strange that it's the entire package that they're on the verge of tears. Um, but Chad, uh, does pretty well here. He's very quick to the wing nuts. Um, and he has, uh, probably the best, one of the best techniques we've seen on the wing nuts where, uh, he just sort of gets enough momentum and then just kind of reaches over and grabs one side of just one side of the the next wing nut um, with one hand and then, you know, matches. And uh, it seems like he's not wasting any grip strength at all. He's uh, it's it's a very good technique here. Yeah. And Akbar says somebody's about to cancel recess and it's yeah. about to be Mr. Riddle. Why would he cancel recess? I don't know. <laughs> recess is the best. Why would being successful make it canceled? It's, who knows? Maybe he maybe he's really sad about the the show recess that is no longer on the air. I loved that show. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have a reaction to that. I mean, I I just barely remember it. I loved Spinelli, the really mean girl with the with the black pigtails. Yeah, I'm not. I, I think and this could be totally wrong, but I feel like um, I, I think I think that I learned about the uh the solomon uh like uh splitting the baby king solomon concept. yeah from from the king of the playground or whatever yes that was yes. from recess okay there yeah. you go that is literally the only thing i remember from mm-hmm. show. yeah it was so um i probably also talked about this before but i didn't have cable growing up so my cartoon nostalgia is very limited to shows that were on like pbs or whatever and um recess was on saturday mornings on one of those like network channels so it was uh, one of the few shows that I got to watch on Saturday mornings. You know, uh, Mr. Rogers was not a fan of most children's programming. Uh, I wonder what he would have thought of Recess. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't I didn't really watch Mr. Rogers growing up. Um, but I watched like other stuff that was like in that time block with Mr. Rogers. I feel like Between the Lions was on around then or Zoom, maybe Zabumafu. Well, I, <laughs> I I'm aware of most of those shows. Um, uh, but it's mostly because my sister watched them. Yeah, and you were probably watching like I don't know Gladiator when you were a child. Gladiator, things like that. Yeah, I watched Captain Planet a lot um, because it was on at five in the morning, and I would wake oh up very God, early and watch so Captain weird. Planet. <laughs> I I would have thought that you were watching like violent movies when you were a child, um, like acclaimed films. No, I uh, 
I, it's it's hard to remember what I watched as a very early child. I just remember uh, I remember being really into Death Note when that, uh, but because I, I read it, <laughs> yeah. um, and then the the uh, the anime came out. Did um, you watch Sailor Moon? No, <sighs> uh, I loved Sailor Moon. We had them all on VHS. Yeah, see, but even Death Note was when I was fourteen, so that's 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 too old. Um, the anime at least, but I read it a lot, a lot earlier than that. But, uh, yeah, I can't really remember. Uh, oh, I watched, um, what was it? Uh, the Beetle, Beetleborg. Is that what it was? I've never the heard Beetleborgs. of that. Isn't that one of those escape room things in <laughs> Boston? Uh, I think that's, uh, <laughs> it's be, 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 <laughs> be, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's called Bay 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 Beetleborg. <laughs> I've never heard of Beetleborg. I don't know what that is. The Beetleborgs were awesome. Okay, I yeah. believe you. Um, but yeah, I didn't. Uh, I don't know if I watched that much TV when I was really like, very young. I read a lot of books. I'll brag about it. That's well. That's why I was like I was into Death Note because I read uh, the Death Note manga. Mm. Yeah, and like we watched a lot of Looney Tunes. Those were on in like um, early mornings before school. I, I hated the Looney Tunes. Why? They were so boring. Oh, they're classic. Did you like the Animaniacs? No. Oh, the anim- wow. There was that top seven TV shows meme like last year on Twitter, and the Animaniacs was my number seven. I love it. I think it's so funny. I still watch it. It's all on Netflix. This is now an Animaniacs podcast. Thank you for joining me. You can only choose one. Ocean's one, Eight one or Animaniacs? An no, this is for, yeah. this is my podcast. Ocean's Animaniacs. <laughs> Uh, well, Chad, uh, ends up completing the course. He gets to the top of the wall and he's very emotional, uh, unsurprising, uh, ends up in tears and he uh, won't leave, won't leave. Yeah. Won't get off the top of the wall. Uh, they're like, we're, we're going to give him uh, some time here as we go to commercial break. I would be so annoyed if I was the next runner. I'm like so nervous and all hyped up to go. And then he just like, won't get down. <laughs> Your tears are slicking up the wall, dude. Yeah, my feet are going to get wet. Uh, next was Ryan Carson, the 29-year-old physical therapist who six years ago had his right leg amputated at the knee because he tried to jump a fence and got impaled from it um, behind his knee, which made me uh, go. Uh. <laughs> Did it make you never want to jump a fence again? Uh, no, actually. <laughs> Have you ever jumped a fence? Well, it depends on what you mean by jumping a fence. Do you mean... I guess I've done both, actually, so never mind. <laughs> Were you running from the popo? Uh, no, I think... I, I, was, I was the kind of child that would see an opening in the fence and then jump it anyway. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Just for the I, challenge. I really enjoyed climbing things. Yeah, okay. Um, but, uh, he's, so he has, uh, a prosthetic leg, um, on, uh, from, uh, uh from his knee, his right knee, and, uh, he's going to take on this course. Yes, he is. And he's also a boxer. Yes. 
um, and uh, doing pretty well. He he manages to get through the floating steps, and uh, it, it, this felt very hollow to me that they were like, "Oh, and what a what a, an accomplishment for him already." <laughs> it was like he didn't seem like he felt like it was an accomplishment at that point. Like he seemed very right. confident in the re- like. This did not seem like a you know just getting here was right. a, a victory for. Him. He was like, "No, no, I'm good at this. Like, don't patronize me." Yeah, he's uh, a legit athlete, <laughs> right? Um, so uh, then he gets through the. The, uh, the bow ties and then he takes on the broken bridge this is obviously the obstacle that is uh going to be his biggest challenge here with uh only one uh flesh leg um <laughs> that can't be the appropriate term for it probably not um and uh he manages to get through it very impressive yeah everybody is lit after he gets through the broken bridge the crowd Yes. Uh, and Akbar is going to comment on that by saying, everybody's going nuts. Everybody's going nuts. Yes. Ah, Ryan Carson seems sweet. I hope we see him again. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, though, he immediately goes down at the lightning bolts. Yes. Shocking. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, despite making it to the lightning bolts, uh, unfortunately did not get there fast enough. He is not one of our qualifiers. Yeah, but I hope he comes back next year and I'm sure that he will. Yes. Um, and, uh, he, he gets, uh, one of these, you know, sideline post run interviews and, uh, there's some jerk behind him. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Lita was holding a, a, a kitten and just, uh, you know, the, the cat made made a, a daring escape and probably damaged Lita in the process. No, 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 no. She just got caught up in my headphones. Oh. <laughs> I, I, there was no no injuries. Um, it, it, the, the cat was just disgusted with the behavior of this uh, audience member uh, making faces in the background of Ryan Carson's interview. Yeah, Maria does not tolerate that kind of silliness. Yes. Uh, then we get in uh, in earlier runs. Uh, D'Angelo Lewis shredded his shirt, but couldn't bust his way past the bow ties. Yeah. Was he the first one? Man, I am so bad at taking notes on these montages. Oh, this was one of the pre-commercial ones. Yes. I always skip these by accident. (laughs) Then uh, Anika Nishala, uh, who went out on the wing nuts, um, probably just missing the cut for the women. Uh, Then Lucas Rial, uh, 19 years old, struck down by the lightning bolts. Yes. Oh, then, struck. Yes. Got it. Then we come back with another montage, starting with Perry Madison, who wore a rainbow headband and made a dramatic exit at the bow ties because he's an aspiring actor. Yes. And happy pride. We need more gay athletes. Yes. Uh, then Alexandra Mack, who was the, the tallest woman competitor, uh, who, uh, despite that, the bow ties were way out of her reach. Yeah, she did a terrible transition. Then finally, Jamie Ron in the montage uh, went for the mega wall, got his fingers on it, but ultimately did not get it. So he manages to just finish on the regular wall for the seventh straight qualifying course finish for Jamie Ron. Yeah, it's a it's a bummer to get super close on that wall because, you know, if you do it, then you get a package. You don't get montaged. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Then we had Casey Rothschild, the 20 year old uh, student. And right right off the bat, they're like, uh, well, 
We've got someone special for you here. Uh, you know, we we're talking about rookies and women and uh, <laughs> just look out for this one. Uh, and the age limit. The yes, new age, age limit. limit. I was very annoyed. <laughs> Uh, because it's such like, there are so many times, you know, you watch the, the people that, you know, and you watch the veterans and you know, they're going to do well. And it's very, very, uh, uh, exciting to watch the people that you don't know really surprise you and do really well. Um, but between the preview from last episode saying, watch out for the rookies, guys, there's a female rookie that you got to watch out for. <laughs> and then this time when they're going here we go this is the one it was like i knew she was gonna do really well and probably complete the course uh and i would have been totally like enthralled if she just came out of nowhere and did that yeah exactly and they have like drew dreschel literally coaching her on the sidelines (laughs) well that was fun I guess, but it's also like, uh, I don't know. I feel like if I was a rookie, I would be like, uh, can I have Drew Dreschel coaching me by the side of the warped wall? Well, if you want to do that, you got to train at his (laughs) gym and have him make friends with Drew Dreschel. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was great. And also she just comes from a background. Aerial arts, circus arts are insanely difficult. Um, I have a friend who does it professionally and I have, she's the only person that I've ever met in real life that I've said, like, you have to try out for American Ninja Warrior because her upper body strength is absolutely insane. It's so hard to do some of these things, especially the Lyra. Um, it's, a whole different skill set than any other sport. Yes, and she's a pole vaulter, which we know uh, is is very well suited uh, for uh, American Ninja Warrior and triple jumper. <laughs> is that what you were? The record? Yes, I was a triple. Ju- I was uh, in the top two triple jumpers at my school. Right out of out of two. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure we got that on the record. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and she went to Wesleyan, so she's a smart cookie. There you go. Uh, and she's been training with Drew Dreschel. Uh, the, the, she's she's the whole, whole package here. Whole package. Casey, you seem great. If you're ever in D.C., I will buy your drink. Uh, her hand ends up slipping on the third wing nut, but she manages to hold on. Um, and Akbar says, uh, she said, child, please. Because like Roth's child. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, she managed to get through the lightning bolts, the first woman to do so, um, and then misses her first warp wall attempt and then misses the second one. And that's when uh, Drew, he, he he steps in. He's like, all right, all right, come on. Uh, starts giving some advice from the sidelines and uh, she makes the third attempt, gets up the wall. Youngest woman to ever make it up the warped wall. Uh, and there you go. And only the second woman to make it up the warped wall to finish the course on her first time out. I think they said Megan was the first one to do that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause even Jesse didn't do it her first time. Um, also, how could you skip over Matt saying, I didn't think she was ready for that jelly. I, Tara, I will Venmo you $20. If you can tell me what that reference is. What what was it again? <laughs> don't Google it. You can't Google it. I don't. I didn't think she was ready for that jelly when she was going up the wall. <laughs> I don't know when he said it. I just no. I think it was uh, when she made the save on the wing nut. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> that is from Bootylicious by Destiny's Child. I have no idea why Matt said this. <laughs> it's a big Destiny's Child fan. 
<laughs> I guess. It was so weird. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, well, very happy for Casey. But once again, just I wish they hadn't uh, like had hyped her up so much just because like this. I was I was shocked when she didn't make her first two attempts at the warp wall because right. at this point I was sure that she was going to make it. Um, yeah. So because of all, all of the hype. Um, so I, I feel like they need to be careful about that. Yes, they do. But we now we have so many women to look forward to in the finals, in city finals yes. from all of these places. I, but what what really concerns me is that uh, uh, only only two move on. So, uh, I mean, right from from what it seems like, they're, they're certainly capable of qualifying in the top 15. They did in the top. Thir- uh, they were all all three of them were in the top 15 of the city qualifiers. Um, but uh, if they are not all three in the top 15 uh, of the city finals. Then only two of them are going to move on, which would be very unfortunate. Yeah, I think they can do it. I hope so. Um, because even if even if one, all three of them need to be in the top 15, because even if just one of them makes it into the top 15, then it's still only two women that advance. Right, right. Because um, it counts double. Right. Um, yeah, but I mean, the three out of 12 finishers were women. Like 25% is the closest, by far the closest to parity we've ever seen. And like the, the closest way I think we're probably going to get for a very long time. Um, but yeah, three out of 12 finishers. Those are great odds for the city finals top 15. Yes. Uh, so then we get to Chris Wolchowski, the 28 year old gym owner, and we get his story in on July 17th. 2016 at Lake Michigan, uh, there was a storm brewing and a rogue wave swept him into the water and he was trapped for 30 minutes uh, before being saved by just a random surfer. This is insane and so scary. Like, <sighs> like it seemed like it was just so out of nowhere. Like he was just looking at the water and there are these big waves, which like everybody likes to do that, especially at Lake Michigan. The, the waves get huge there. It's very beautiful. Um, but like, I feel like I know that they say that like drowning is like one of the most euphoric ways to die, but I feel like it's the scariest way to die potentially possible. Yeah. I thought you were going to say worst instead of euphoric. <laughs> no, people say that because like, you know, you, people do drugs to cut off oxygen to your brain, to their brain because it feels good. Um, and drowning is like that. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, I until it until it starts to ha- until that starts to happen. I'm sure it's the scariest experience in the world. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I think that the humans like if you ask people, like, what is the last way that you would ever want to die? I think a lot of people would say drowning. Yeah. I, I'm on board with that. It's definitely up there for me. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, he then struggled with PTSD. Um, and the reason why he was, he was set to compete last year, but he ended up backing out because he was dealing with panic attacks and anxiety. Um, and, uh, it's very, very unfortunate for, for Chris here. Yeah. And I'm glad he's taking care of himself and that he's focusing on this new gym. And I, I'm, sure that he had a lot of support but good for him for coming out publicly about this because it's so hard to talk about trauma yeah and uh, i mean this may or may not be part of it but the fact that when you fail an obstacle you fall into Into water water yeah cannot uh help this uh this whole situation yeah so good for him maybe he found that motivating (laughs) 
to absolutely destroy this course because he had no problems. I, ho- I hope. Yeah, that's that's sort of like what I was hoping to. Like he looked he, uh, he looked like a man on a mission here. Uh, he looked like the Terminator. Uh, he was like super focused and determined and he sped through the course. Uh, he did not stop, did not slow down. Um, it didn't even like crack a smile. Uh, like he was like uh, like he needed he needed to, to take it on like uh, just just to like, crush it, I think. And uh, yeah. and he totally did. Um, they talk about how he's made it to stage two in seasons four, six and eight, um, which I thought was an interesting statistic. Yeah. Uh, and then he, he so he makes it all the way through, like just just flies through the course. Um, Akbar says he's like a rhino getting ready to attack the mega wall. <laughs> yeah, and he does it. Yes, he screams as he runs up the wall. Uh, he gets up, he slams the buzzer, and just like so much uh, emotion uh, coming out of him as he does. Um, they cut over to to Matt, and you, you if you go back and watch, like Matt gets totally swept up in this moment. You can see on his face, just like he he all composure is gone, and he's like <laughs> screaming along with Chris. Uh, gr- great moment as uh, Chris gets uh, that ten thousand dollars. $10,000. Isn't it weird that Chris and Brian didn't compete in the same city? I don't think Brian's competing this year. No? I, I think I read that. Oh my god, sad. Right? I love Brian. I, I hope something tragic didn't also happen to him. Oh like, god, don't even say that. No, Brian has like a nerd job, which I love, so maybe he's just busy with work. Uh, maybe. Um, let me let me just look this up and see. I if liked I, can... uh, I liked Chris wearing his lab rats shirt. By the way, yes, repping the ninja versus ninja. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see any kind of confirmation, but I do feel like uh, I read that somewhere that he wouldn't wasn't competing this year. Yeah, well, I mean that makes sense because Michelle and Chris both were here. Yeah, so it I seems mean, like they would put Brian in the same yeah. city as them. <laughs> Um, the, the, the Wilchowski brothers, they, they're both great, but I don't think they've ever sort of like the towers of power. I don't think they've ever managed to succeed at the same time. Yeah. Um, maybe Brian took a step back cause he was like, uh, we're cursed. So yeah. if I compete, then Chris won't and Chris needs it more this year. Um, so, uh, then we get a, a quick clip of Naji being a better pitcher than Akbar, um, in the same exact spot. Uh huh. I don't understand um, this throwing out the first pitch thing, really. I know it's purely symbolic, but it's not really the first pitch because it's not a real pitch. No one's there to hit it. It's, I mean, true. <laughs> I think it's just a way to get celebrities. To yeah, it definitely is. But it's like they should say they're throwing out the ceremonial pitch or something because it's not a pitch. It's just throwing a ball to the Philadelphia fanatic. I feel like I have also heard the phrase uh, uh, ceremonial pitch. Maybe. Um, Also, the Philly fanatic has terrified me since I was a child. And I would just like to throw that out there because my cousins live in Philadelphia and we would sometimes go to Philly games. Is that the mascot? Yeah, it's uh, horrifying. What is it? The Philly fanatic. It's not a creature that exists. It's like a, a made up <laughs> a monster creature. Google it. It's so. It's the thing that looked into the camera after Akbar threw that bad pitch. It's got like a trumpet for a nose, and it's green. Oh, and they spell it with a ph. Yeah, of course they do. <laughs> um, it uh, it's like a little green guy. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I really don't like it. 
<laughs> I really don't. Um, the only mascot that's truly great is uh, Iceberg, the Pittsburgh Penguin. I feel like uh, this guy's similar to the the Boston mascot, w- Wally. You know, I went to a Red Sox game a couple months ago and uh, at Fenway, and I don't think I saw it. Why is it Wally? Because of the uh, green wall, green monster wall at Fenway. Wow, I have no. I again, I was just there, and I have no idea what you're talking about. But I'm looking at Wally. Uh, Wally is a little horrifying, but he looks more like friendly and Sesame Street than he looks. Kind of like a happy Oscar the Grouch, um, (laughs) which is familiar and not scary to me. The Philly fanatic has evil behind his eyes. It is the Philly fanatic looks like the sort of like dollar store version of Wally. (laughs) Yeah. That's fair. I wonder if they ever fight each other. <laughs> I don't know. Wally and the Philly fanatic. Okay, this is weird. What? The third result here is uh, from Jezebel. Would you have sex with the Philly fanatic? Uh, Jezebel, never change. <laughs> I love Jezebel. Um, also, I'm not even seeing that when I Google it. Maybe that's a targeted thing for well, you. I, I spelled it wrong. Um, oh. <laughs> So maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah. Well, I feel like I've been really robbed throughout my life because uh, my home football team, the Steelers, does not have a mascot. We like have one, but it's not. It's like just a man. It's not like anything. (laughs) And uh, the Michigan Wolverines also did not have a mascot. Wow. One time a guy in a Wolverine costume, um, like Wolverine, the superhero with the um, the blades his nails i don't know what you call those um he beat up brutus the buckeye who is the um who is the ohio state mascot one time they had that happen on the football field well at least that's canon like wolverine definitely wouldn't lose to a random mascot yeah especially not one that is oh you don't know what a buckeye is i forgot is it um, a pirate? <laughs> no that's a bucko that's the pittsburgh pirates mascot oh no our mascot is um a, a parrot of some kind. It's uh, close enough to a yeah. Um, no, Brutus the Buckeye. You thought the Buckeye was a horse because we talked about this at the <laughs> Cleveland qualifiers. A Buckeye is a nut. It's like a tree nut. Oh, right. I remember this conversation. Yeah. And uh, so Wolverine could definitely beat up a tree nut. I'm going to get... I, it's really going to bother me, uh, the pirate's mascot name because I... Oh, the pirate parrot. Okay. I thought it had a name. What did um, I tell you? Parrots. <laughs> they're, uh, they're all about the pirates. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, the, we are the, the buckos is the nickname, like the bucks are the nickname for the pirates, not the buckeyes. Well, it's all, it's all pirate related. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, welcome to our sports podcast. <laughs> yes. Uh, next up, we have another montage starting with Garen Lara, uh, who looks like Michael Jackson uh, or, or sorry, looking like Michael Jackson out there. <laughs> <laughs> you as Akbar as Michael Jackson. <laughs> Iconic. <laughs> Uh, and uh, got his jeans wet on the wing nuts. 
Yeah, to be clear, he didn't actually look like Michael Jackson. He was like dressed like Michael Jackson. That's why Akbar said that. Yes. Uh, then we had Ryan Lee, who was the nap time ninja. Relatable. Um, his superpower is one of my uh, most envied uh, yes. superpowers. Um, as I woke up at uh, like five in the morning this morning and uh, you had to didn't watch get Captain back Planet? to sleep for like another hour and a half. Um Unfortunately, Captain Planet is no longer airing at 5 a.m. Um, and I'm also going to bed a lot later. Uh, so the, uh, he fell asleep on the course, um, but ultimately it was lights out on the lightning bolts. I love napping, so I support him. And uh, Naptime Ninja did qualify. Oh, nice. Finals. Yeah. Just uh, at the bottom of the the top 30, but he is there. It's um, a good nickname. Then we got James McGrath. And guess what, Lita? What? The braces are off. Yeah, and he looks so fine. I'm sorry, Alyssa. Um, I'm allowed to say that. I have been saying that since long before I met this lovely couple, which I fully support. Well, uh, I mean, now, braces off. Now he can let it go. Let it flow, says Akbar. Yeah, now James McGrath can finally be good at ninja. <laughs> well, <laughs> We've been you, waiting so long. You know how, uh, how like, uh, just more aerodynamic he must be, I guess. Uh, oh, yeah. This, uh, I think that's that must be where what Akbar is getting at. Oh, yeah. It was totally, they were weighing him down. <laughs> yeah. Just such um, a problem that he's had so many issues throughout the last few years being good at this. Uh, he manages to get his fingers up on the mega wall, but uh, just barely misses it and becomes the fifth finisher of the night instead on the regular wall. Yeah. And hopefully he'll get a package uh, in the finals. He must. Uh, they've got to do something with him and Alyssa next time. Yeah, I think it's weird that Chris Ganji and Jesse LeBrec always get their their cute little we're dating package. Like we're competitive, like, you know, and I love Jesse. But I think like as a whole, Alyssa and James is the more established couple. And uh, I feel like probably, probably better at the, at the course. <laughs> yeah, pound for pound. I'm sorry. Like we love overall, Jesse LeBrec, yeah. but... Uh, we we have to stand Alyssa and James, friends of the podcast. Like I, f- I feel like Jesse and Alyssa are p- pretty pretty close, and uh, James is just a lot more established than Chris. Yeah, I agree. It's yeah. the experience factor. Uh, next up is Anthony DeFranco, uh, who was the fastest finisher in qualifying two years in a row. Uh, leading up to him competing here. Uh, his package is about his sister who got a tumor in her eye and had to get it removed. Yeah, this is so terrifying and just overall uh, a whiplash of an experience <laughs> watching yes. this. Like, it's like, oh my God, he this is so great. Like, he supported her. Like, I'm crying. And then he goes out of the course, then it's over. I, I, I just, I had a feeling, I don't know what, what, what it was, but like them talking about like how fast he was and like him starting off the floating steps so quick. I was like, oh, oh this is this not, not going to go does well. not feel good. Um, and then it, just like that, he slips on the floating steps and it's over. Yeah. Uh, it's another another so JJ Wood situation here. I know. Yeah. Where they have these like sweet, sensitive packages. Oh, sad. We'll yes. see you next year, Anthony. Uh, then that's it for Anthony. Next up was Nicholas Cupper, uh, who is a 33-year-old Air Force electrician and uh, has a daughter named Gianna, who was born with spina, spina bifida. Yes. 
And she's adorable. That is true. It's very true. Yeah. Uh, uh, very, very positive, very uh, smiley. Um, they seem like uh, great parents. She's on his back while he's doing ninja training. Yes. Um, he's uh, he does pretty well here. Um, very smooth, very slow across the broken bridge, but he gets through. Mm-hmm. He's cautious. Yes. Um, and then uh, overshoots on the first lightning ball top and ends up going down. Yes, but respectable. For respectable, his first time yes. Um, unfortunately, not fast enough to the lightning bolts. Uh, so he is not going to qualify here. Yeah. RIP. Next up is a lightning bolt montage about all the people who failed here. First was Paul uh, Ruggeri Jr. Uh, then Sean Johnson, Zach Day and Gavin Ross all failed at the lightning bolts. Wait, there was a Paul, uh, Paul Ruggeri Jr. and Paul Rud- and the other Ruggeri, the third guy. <laughs> they related, probably. <laughs> I did not catch this. There was another guy whose last name was Ruggeri. <laughs> That's it's his name was Paul Ruggeri. Yeah, but his I think name it, was Paul Ruggeri the third. This right, so Ruggeri obviously Jr. this is father and son. Wow. but they, they didn't highlight it at all, <laughs> which is weird because they love that. Yeah, and one of them qualified. <laughs> it's only a good story if they both qualify. Um. So uh, yeah, that's um. Oh, Paul Ruggeri was the gymnast. Yeah. So I guess, um, yeah, when I Google Paul Jerry Jr., uh, nothing comes up. So. Yeah. Well, obviously um, they're related. <laughs> yes. Uh, clearly uh, some kind of father-son situation going on. Some kind of. Because um, Jr. could be, you could, you could take that as the second. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, next up was Michelle Warnke, the 33-year-old gym owner. And uh, they, they also said, uh, we're halfway through our Philadelphia episode. And I was like, like actually, I- you're an hour and a half into yeah, this episode. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly, I was like, oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but luckily, uh, not the case. Um, they, uh, everyone loves Michelle Warnke. How could you not? Yes. She is a delight. Yes. Uh, although, uh, hasn't hit a buzzer since season six, unfortunately. Yeah. So you know what's going to happen because remember the curse is that when they say that a woman hasn't done something in a long time, she will do it. If it's a man like always does it, then he won't. (laughs) Yes. Uh, it does it does very well through the course here. Um, very doing really well on the lightning bolts too. Uh, but then the uh, the bar uh, catches on the hooks on the second lightning bolt. She manages to hold on, gets through it, and uh, goes for the mega wall. And uh, they said sixteen and a half feet, but from my eyes, uh, it looked like the seventeen foot line. Yeah, we'll give her more credit. I yeah. love uh, these people just being like, okay, we know that we can do the regular world wall. Why not? Let's yes. go for the big one. Yes. Um, so she does manage to get up the regular wall and finishes. She becomes the sixth finisher of the night, two of which have been women. There's some Philadelphia magic. It's true. Uh, next up was Darian Bennett, the 26 year old mold inspector, um, <laughs> as well as waiter and uh, ninja gym worker. How does he have time? Those sound uh, all like uh, jobs that require a lot of time. It's it's true. That's why we skipped his package and joined him at the bow ties. Yeah, we, we didn't have time. 
He had to get back to work. Um, also, there's a moment here. They cut to his wife, and there's this big guy standing next to his wife. And so then they go, uh, here to cheer him on are his wife and one-year-old son. And I was just <laughs> like, that guy does not look like he's one years old. Uh uh, but no, she was carrying a little baby that I had not seen. A uh, steroid son. Uh, so they talk about uh, his three jobs. Um, he gets to the lightning bolts. He keeps changing his grip uh, as he takes on this obstacle um, and ultimately is going to go down here. Yeah, too much experimenting. Yes. Um, and he does qualify. So we will be seeing more of him, which is probably why we saw him. Uh, and he's very excited about his towel. His, oh, yeah. He has an American Ninja Warrior towel. Yeah. Uh, next up is Daria Beard, the 55-year-old horse farmer. And also... And, and that's the only notable thing about her. <laughs> mother of Alyssa Beard. Yeah. Um, listen, I love horses. This looks gross. <laughs> just because of all the manure? All the, all the farming, just not not my thing well she quit her corporate job to go work on a farm yeah well a corporate job also sounds gross it's true uh and, and thinking about it having two parent uh child stories in one episode overkill okay yeah so that's why they montaged our good friends the Ruggieri's yeah the Paul Paul Ruggieri's yes Paul Paul Ruggieri's collectively <laughs> um she says she's farm strong okay I was like, that's uh, clearly since Alyssa and us, we've had such a great relationship on our, on the podcasts. Uh, oh she told God. her mom to give a subtle uh, nod to me um, by saying she's farm strong. You can't spell farm strong without arm strong. Exactly. But then Akbar, Akbar wants to ruin it. Uh, he's like, no, she's barnyard strong. Well, you could change your name to Taryn Barnyard. <laughs> For the record, even without the uh, Armstrong uh, aspect of it, I feel like Farmstrong is a lot better than Barnyard Strong. Or what about Taryn Barnstrong? <laughs> you could change your name to that. I, I mean, I could. Well, then it would be less common. <laughs> True. You have such a common last name. Don't people ask you if you're related to the astronaut all the time? No, actually. Or the biker? No. Never happens. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, see, I have, I have such a weird first name that I feel like the common last name balances it out. Okay, I guess. It seems like people would ask you at least once if you're related to those famous Armstrongs. I think it happened a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. But not anymore. But now people understand that people, it's just a very common last name. I think people like would expect that if it was the case that I'd be bragging about it all the time. Yeah, because you're such a bragger about your family because most always... well not me but like i feel like a lot of people would be like yeah i'm uh i'm an armstrong uh related to the moon guy uh, yeah you know? i'm like one of the arms well people wouldn't be bragging about being related to lance armstrong anymore no no <laughs> <laughs> well people i just assume that people would ask because people are stupid about last names there's a family that lives here in pittsburgh whose last name is brill and people would ask me growing up, like, oh, are you are you cousins with Katie Brill? And I'm like, no, because we have different last names. Yeah, Did they you... just drop the the man from it uh, because uh, at Ellis Island, Brillman like... was too hard to say. Or it was maybe they thought that, like, it's one of those things where, like, my parents are progressive and my mom's last name was Brill and my dad's last name was man. <laughs> so I'm like hyphenated Brill man or something. There you go. Uh, 
yeah so people are dumb about that yes well uh daria is going to do uh decently well here she gets through uh, the floating uh steps and then makes it onto the bow ties she manages to uh transition to the second bow tie but then on her dismount there uh she holds on a little too long she ends up uh misjudging that dismount and ends up going straight up into the air instead of out toward the uh platform which is going to cause her to go down into the water yeah but that was fun that she was here Yes, and she said also that it was fun. Yeah. Uh, then we get an in earlier runs, uh, Angel uh, Angel Rodriguez, uh, an electrician who is shockingly cut down by the lightning bolts. Yep. Then uh, Trina Lisco, who is uh, in sports medicine, may need a checkup after checking out at the second obstacle. Okay. And then Alex Nye, who is shot down by the lightning bolts. That one doesn't even really make sense. Well, they had just done cut down. So, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yes, they've done all of them. Then we come back from commercial with a montage, starting with Kevin Liang, who was uh, who crashed at the spinning bow ties. Mm -hmm. Then Kara Poalilo, who is a podcaster. Uh, her podcast is Ninja Babes. Yeah. Okay. So this is so weird that this happened because I had never heard of this podcast until like literally two days ago and I was creeping this girl's Instagram. <laughs> you, you, I gave her the existence. power. Yeah. I was secreted this into existence. Um, she's real. She, I mean, she's the real deal, obviously, as you saw. And I just felt so inadequate looking at this ninja girl, this ninja podcaster's Instagram being like, oh, she actually does it. I don't. I don't do any of these things. I, I had never heard of this podcast uh, before. And so I was just looking at I was just, I just Googled Ninja Babes iTunes. And the first result was like over a thousand reviews. And I was like, whoa, this is a huge. How did I not hear about this? Uh, no, this was Ninja Girls Reborn on the App Store. It's a game. Oh. <laughs> mistaken it's um some kind of anime yeah she's game. super pretty and like super fit and has tons of instagram followers so um goals i guess yeah i uh you know um hit me up kara <laughs> uh what now you're using this podcast to to flirt with people that's my thing look you know us, us fellow podcasters need to stick together all right uh well <laughs> Kara, if uh, you don't have a boyfriend, hit Taryn up. Or a girlfriend. I don't know. I don't know. Oh my god, her co-host is also super pretty. Oh my. Wow. Oh no, wait, hang on. Her, okay, so she has a photo uh, with... This is the Mermaid Ninja. And I... Are they co-hosts? Maybe she interviewed the Mermaid Ninja. Yeah, that that's probably what it is. Because they posted a picture and she hashtag Ninja Babes and I thought this was her and her co-host. Um, but no, that's the... That's the charity mermaid ninja well uh check check out the ninja babes there's got to be two of them if it's ninja babes i know that's why i'm trying to find a picture of her co-host but i can't uh figure out because she keeps interviewing female ninjas <laughs> i can't figure out which <laughs> if any of them are her co-host or if it's just like a picture of someone that she's interviewed yeah i can't uh okay i'm at the ninja Rachel babes Goldstein. website okay and I went to about and there's three people in this picture. OK, there might be three of them. Uh, the founder is Kara, though. OK, maybe she just interviews these women, Fe Chelsea, Danielle and Jane, along with Kara. What? That's too many ninja babes. OK, but maybe she's the only one that does the podcast, but it's still called Ninja Babes because of the Ninja Babes brand, which is all four of them. 
Yeah, maybe that's like her crew. Yeah, we've cracked this case. <laughs> Even on on their own Instagram, there aren't. It doesn't say who they are. <laughs> There's like the Ninja Babes Instagram, huh? Okay, well, uh, now that we've done a deep dive into our competitors. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm sure we're totally the same brand as these ladies. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was just thinking the other day of rebranding to the uh, Ninja Gals. You and I? Yeah. Oh, I would love that. That's, that was my initial pitch for this podcast. Look, if, uh, if, if, uh, if uh, a woman ninja can be the Mighty Mouse Ninja, I feel like, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. We can, we can be whatever we want to be. Of course we can. Yeah. That would be so weird if we were like the reality TV wrap ups Ninja Gals <laughs> podcast. <laughs> like we're the only one that chose a different name than just the reality <laughs> TV wrap up. It would. It would. Uh, I feel like people would be like, "Whoa, what's what's that? <laughs> what what show is the Ninja Gals?" And then every week they would just think that I had a sub on, well, and it's no, you. Every week we would have to change the name. <laughs> What? So we would keep attracting the people <laughs> that would be curious. And then every week they'd be like, oh, what's this? And then they tune it. Oh, it's just these guys again. Damn it. All right. Well, I guess I'll just listen to the whole thing. This is this is how we're going to finally get listeners. Yeah. For this podcast, we need to re- resort to cheap marketing tricks. I'm a marketing genius. I feel like, uh, again, Cara, like, marketing let's, genius let's get in contact. That never even tweets this podcast. <laughs> Genius. Look, uh, the, tr- the true fans know about the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're not getting any new it. listeners at this point. Although so many people replied to my tweet last week and said that I was right about uh, the Shauna knockout. Plenty of people said that I was right. No, they didn't. It's actually they did. No, they didn't. Taryn, you're well, maybe not in response to your tweet, but I yeah. got uh, a few tweets about uh, how I was right. No, you didn't. I don't believe you. <laughs> okay. See, this is this is if you if you're on the side of Leah, you're on the side of just uh, just, just ignoring facts. <laughs> Show me the receipts, Taryn. <laughs> there was what? There's a pretty recent one. Um, well, I didn't see it. Show me the receipts. Okay, we don't have to do this right now. <laughs> we need I to know. get through this podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, then we had uh, Dave Cavanaugh as the third person in the montage who attempted the mega wall, uh, but did not get uh, get to the top. But he did complete the course in one of the fastest times of the night. Yes. We then like we had Alyssa Beard, the 27 year old fifth grade teacher. Fifth grade. Um, she is going for uh, the third female buzzer hit of the night. Yes, make making history. Making history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh no package for Alyssa. Um I, know, I, I was assume, nervous. I assume just because like the like she was a part of the her mom package. Yeah. Um she uh she gets through the wing nuts, which guarantees her a spot in the city finals. Uh and uh, I was I was a little bit nervous here uh about Alyssa. Um just because uh, you know, she didn't get a package. She wasn't as hyped and they weren't talking about like, oh, Alyssa can do really well for herself. They were talking about like, Alyssa can make history by being the third woman. Um, and I was like, ah, oh. uh, so much pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Akbar says, uh, she's about to strike this obstacle down. I see you, Alyssa Beard. Yeah. About I see the her too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she does a roll on the dismount 
from the lightning bolts. It's beautiful. It's a somersault. Very beautiful. Uh, then she attempts the mega wall. Uh, again, I feel like uh, just at that 17 foot line. Yeah. What were they underselling her also? No, but I feel like they would have <laughs> if they had said anything about it. Those misogynistic warped wall commentators. Uh, then she does manage to complete the course up the regular wall and uh, Akbar is gonna pull out uh, another apple and uh, toss it over. Yeah. And then Christine asks a dumbass question. <laughs> it's like, were you worried that Akbar was going to hit your face with the apple? It's like, what can she say to that? Yes, I was. <laughs> yeah. Like, she does the best that she can with it because Alyssa is very funny and very poised. But like, she's like, I was like far enough away. But like, OK, I think she probably wants to talk about her run. Christine also did a thing that I noticed throughout the entire episode where she kept saying like, we really liked that run. Like, like it's felt like she was speaking for the producers. Like, like, Oh, we really like when women do really well like this. Thanks for helping us out. Uh, it, it was, just, it feels very weird the way that she phrases. It. Yeah. It's great TV when you do that. Um, but, uh, yes. Um, you know, who, who did she talk to? Uh, was it Najee? No, it was, uh, I think it was Chris. I, f- I felt like, uh, I felt like she was crushing on Chris a little bit. Oh, who is it? Yeah. I mean, there's no no shade here. Uh, yeah. But uh, just something I noticed. She was, yeah. she was very happy with his answers. This is a pro-thirst podcast, especially now that Taryn is shooting his shot. <laughs> um, so uh, the, there we have it. The three women who uh, completed the course, they get a photo at the top of the wall. This is the second one that uh, Michelle and Alyssa have taken part of. Pardon. Um, I remember being in Philly for the Fantastic Four. Um, mm-hmm. They uh, they made a point to like grab those women at the end of the taping. And be like, hey, no, 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 don't leave. Get, get over here. We're going to film something. Uh, so uh, here we go. Doing it again. Yeah. They they didn't come up with a, a, a name for these guys, girls, though. Well, because once you already have the Fantastic Four, it just calls attention to the fact that now you have fewer of them. It's true. <laughs> With the, it would have to be something that relates to finishing, because this is like, even though it's it's three of them, it's it was a higher bar to clear. It's not just that they qualified, because obviously five women qualified, um, but it's that they were the first, that's the most women to ever finish a course. So it would have to be something about like the, the triumphant three. That's not... The, the, the thrilling three. Yeah, that's that's better because it's at least like pure alliteration with the TH, but it's huh. <laughs> what we've got. Yeah. Um, next up is a montage starting with Candace Rubenstein, uh, who is strong, nerdy and fun and brought a hedgehog. I love hedgehogs. And Akbar says, I think that's the first hedgehog I've ever seen. How could that be possible? I don't know. <laughs> Hedgehogs are really not that uncommon. Uh, I in in one of the uh, Big Brother Twenty preseason podcasts, uh, I talked about how I don't think I've ever seen a chainsaw in person, and uh, somebody was very offended by that uh, in the comments. <laughs> and uh, Akbar never seeing a hedgehog before really, uh, I I felt akin to him there in that moment. I I have definitely seen a chainsaw, and have also definitely seen a hedgehog. So I guess you could say that I've lived a lot of life. I've just like had like a lot of life experience. <laughs> yes. Well, Candace goes down on the broken bridge. Next up was Judas Licardello, uh, who was an auctioneer who made a bid for the mega wall, but did not get to the top. 
but he did complete the course. Then we had Mike Bernardo, who also attempted the mega wall, also just completed the course regularly. Uh, then we had Najee Richardson, the 27 year old motivational speaker uh, doing sponsored packages now. <laughs> I know it's in SponCon. Get your get your life, Najee. Get your money. Yeah. Um, what a what a delicious uh, cheesesteak sandwich from Gino's. Yeah, and Philly also has many other things, such as the Liberty Bell. And this is where Rocky was filmed. Yeah, but these are all very entry level Philadelphia facts. <laughs> It's like he went on the Philadelphia Wikipedia page. Yes. Uh, so right after the floating tiles, he starts stretching out his leg. And I was like, very scared. I was not not excited about this. Yeah. Um, his legs cramped during Ninja vs. Ninja, too. On that oh, Z climb. Yeah. yeah. He's been having issues with this. Najee, eat your bananas. Get your get, potassium. Get, get some, yeah. Get some magnesium. Get, 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 all the, get all the good stuff. Yeah. Najee, what are you doing? I'm sure no one is around to tell you how to be, <laughs> how to eat healthy as a professional athlete. So we're going to tell you. Um, he flies through the bow ties, uh, still shaking out the legs, but does manage to get to the broken bridge, which is really like the main concern here. Um, yeah. uh, but he does manage to get through there. Uh, flawless through the wing nuts and the lightning bolts. And uh, at this point, I was like, He's going to do it. He's still going to his legs are cramped. He's still going to make it up that wall, that mega Mm -hmm. wall. I was surprised. I mean, I guess I shouldn't have been because he was last, but I also didn't realize he was last. Yeah, because I don't look at like my DVR thing. Who else? Who else is going to go after Najee? I don't know. I don't remember who they've had yet. Maybe they still have like some some other massive star coming up. (laughs) I forgot that Drew had already gone. Whatever. Because Drew was there. Well, he does grab the mega wall, and I talked about how uh, Matt lost his composure when Chris uh, was up there. Uh, Akbar lost his mind. Uh, he like barreled into Matt uh, at the, uh, on their little podium, uh, and uh, just just totally lost it uh, as as uh, as Naji gets the the ten thousand dollar graphic. Yeah, very beautiful. I also, um, I didn't mention this at the top of the episode, but, uh, Christine, when she's describing the obstacles is like, here's the, the big warp wall. If you do that, like Nick Hansen did a few weeks ago. And I'm like, yeah, well, F like Ryan Stratus and all the other people who have done it. <laughs> it's just Nick Hansen. Uh, yeah. The, well, look, Nick, uh, is clearly the most famous mega wall completely. Yeah. Um, so uh, it was just cramps. I was worried that it might be more than that, but it was just cramps. So uh, Naji, $10,000 richer, and we'll be moving on to the city finals. And that's our episode. Yeah. Work, Naji. Get your coin. Yes. Uh, we got the leaderboard here. We had 12 finishers in total, three of which were women and 17 rookies in the top 30. Uh, starting here with uh, Chris Wolcheski, who finished with the fastest time and got up the mega wall. Then Dave Cavanaugh, Matt Strollo, uh, Jamie Ron, James McGrath, Najee Richardson, who made it up the mega wall, Chad Riddle, Mike Bernardo, Judas Lee Cardello, Michelle Warnke, Alyssa Beard, and Casey Rothschild as the course finishers then the rest of them went out on the lightning bolts starting with lucas real zach day tyler waters chris fantuz fant fantauzo uh christian de rubles angel rodriguez cody coppola alex nye andrew shirk james bartholomew logan craiglow 
Darian Bennett, Sean Johnson, Gavin Ross, Paul Ruggieri III, Brian Pease, Ryan Lee, and John Uga. Work. Yes. Then uh, the five women, of course, Michelle Warnke, Alyssa Beard, Casey Rothschild, uh, and then Cara uh, Paolilo. Uh, Paolilo. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so sorry, Cara. Um, <laughs> who went out on the lightning bolts. Uh, very excited to see more of Cara. Uh, then McKinley Pierce, who went out on the wing nuts. Yep. Yes. And then we got a preview for next time. Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, you didn't. I, I heard. I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet about it last night before I had seen the episode uh, about how it made them cry. Oh, well, I don't want to spoil it for you. No, I'm not going to watch the preview. What, what it's, is it it's a very surprising preview. What is it? It's I, I don't I can't replicate. I can't replicate the experience of the preview. Oh my God, to you. I have to go back and watch just the preview. <laughs> And my DVR uh, might have cut it off. Well, okay. Well, you know, you, you remember uh, Michael Stanger? Uh, if I say yes, will you continue talking? <laughs> I, I, the, the guy whose uh, whose wife was diagnosed with... Um, yes. Uh, yes. Actually, I just Googled him. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yes. Uh, what was What was she diagnosed with? I don't know, but it was something like degenerative that she couldn't walk, right? Ehlers Danlos syndrome, it says. Something okay. like that. Um, but like, uh, you know, she's like in a wheelchair and. Yeah, you know, yeah, I remember. Um, well, uh, she, we saw last time that uh, she's been doing better because he's been helping her with some fitness stuff. And next time on American Ninja Warrior. She will be competing on the what? course. Oh yes. my god! Jeez, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, it will completely be the just being here is a victory. Yeah, well, but... that's that's why the preview was like the thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Knowing that she's going to be competing is like the news. Yeah, but I'm glad that she is doing so much better. Yes, I agree. The, it is a, a good preview. Um, I have no idea who else is going to be competing. Yeah. <laughs> Why would they plug anyone else? Uh, but, uh, you know. Uh, Where good, are we next week, them. Minneapolis? Uh, um, I don't know. I think next week is the last qualifiers, right? Yes. Then it's Minneapolis. Okay, there you go. Because that's where Megan is competing and all season I've been like, all right, when's <laughs> Minneapolis? Yes, uh, only one more qualifying episode, then we can get into the city finals, where it starts to be, to me, a little more interesting. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us here for episode five of American Ninja Warrior season 10. Um, looking forward to next week and then the city finals to come. Uh, we will get to the Ninja vs. Ninja <laughs> soon. -ish. Yeah, soon. Um, the hashtag is obviously Taryn Farmstrong. <laughs> okay. I'm good with that. Okay. Just letting everybody know. Make sure you check me out on Twitch. I, uh, Tuesday night streamed live the very first, uh, live Taryn show. Um, so you, you get plenty of, of cool stuff if you're, uh, checking me out on Twitch. Uh, yeah. And you get to watch me on social strategy Sunday as we found a game on Sunday that I don't suck at. Yes. It only took <laughs> several weeks. <laughs> <laughs>
but we found one that I actually won twice. Some very, very fun uh, games we play Sunday nights. Um, it's all about social strategy and, and lying and and uh, and also a little bit of trivia. <laughs> a little bit. Um, so uh, make sure you check that out. Taryn Armstrong on Twitch. And of course, the Big Brother 20 coverage is coming up very soon. Uh, so make sure you're tuning into all of that. Got plenty of good stuff heading uh, in, in that direction. In that direction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can find my recaps of RuPaul's Drag Race on myentertainmentworld.ca. Like I said, the finale is on Thursday. Um, and uh, so you think can dance. We're just checking in a couple times this season. Uh, we'll probably do like four episodes throughout the season. Uh, so you can look for that in the reality TV or hop up speed. You can follow me on Instagram at Lita Grammed and on Twitter at Lita Tweeted. All right. Uh, thanks again for everyone that joined us today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. It's American Ninja Warrior Hap Ups on iTunes, or you can go to the Reality TV Hap Ups feed on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Rate and, and review us. Yeah, leave, leave a review on iTunes or wherever, a- anywhere. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, write it can, into write it in a note and fold it into a paper airplane and throw it into a pond. <laughs> Biodegradable paper. The pond will know. Yeah. Whisper your review to a tree. Yes. Um, (laughs) uh, Or you can tweet at us. Uh, I'm at Armstrong Taron. Lita's at Lita tweeted. Um, And uh, we'll see you next time. 